listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life Pullman Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Good morning. How's everybody? Good. Oh, we got a lot of people here. That's awesome because there's a lot of pulled pork. You got to eat it all. Uh, I'm doing just okay today. It was a rough week. Have you ever had one of those things in life that it's one of those lessons that you just don't seem to learn the first time? Yeah, I had another one of those instances this week. You would think I would know better that if I'm going to plan on going to run around in the woods, going chasing horse-sized animals with a stick, that I should be prepared going up and down the hills and exercise beforehand, but I didn't. And now my legs are like jelly. So that'll be fun. Uh, And the other thing that was kind of weird this last week is last Sunday, if you were here with us, welcome back. I'm glad you came back for one. But second, I was pretty nervous for today because Thad set the standard pretty high for the new real life church Pullman in the length of the sermon time. And... uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to, to live up to that this week, but I think I have. A, I have. I, I'm really good. I, I got it go, good for you guys. And so this timer on here that says 30 minutes, we need to change to 60 so I know where I'm at. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. In fact, not only am I going to not go that long, I'm going to be shorter than that. Shorter than usual, and I'm going to get you out to that food sooner, than, sooner rather than later give you some of your time back from last week. (laughs) I love you, Thad. This is why it's real life, right? Uh, I am excited to be up here with you guys today as we kick off this new series, Invisible, what it looks like to have a relationship with a God that you can't see. And today I'm going to be, I'm not going to be getting a whole lot into that, but what I really wanted to start our conversation with for the next several weeks, I want to start with this, and that is, what is relationship? Why do we think it's important? Because if you've noticed, here at Real Life, we do think relationship is pretty important. We use that word and variations of that word in a lot of different things, right? From when we, get you, when we make you stand up and turn around and greet somebody, and you will probably never see them again until next week if you sit in the same spot, which most of us usually do. Yeah, or all the way to how it is part of our mission statement here at Real Life, that we want to create biblical disciples in a relational environment. So relationships are super important to us for a couple of reasons. One is that we believe it's something that God has created us for. And what I want to do is I want to spend some time with you this morning talking about why we believe that. I want to talk about this, what we call the biblical case for relationship. And I just want to walk through text a little bit and give you guys our reasoning, our belief as to why relationship is so important. Not just with God, but with one another. You ready for that? All right. Let's go, you four of us. We'll do it. All right. So the first indication that we know, that we believe that God has designed us for a relationship, we take a trip back to the beginning. 
And we're going to look at the, what we call the first human crisis. Now, you may think when I say that, that I'm talking about the fall of man, when Adam and Eve decide to disobey God and eat of the fruit. That's not what I'm talking about. This is before even that. So let's go to Genesis 2, and we'll look at this. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. I want to pause here for a second because isn't this the scenario that we would all love to be in? that Adam is in at this moment right here, that he has a relationship with God like none anybody has ever seen or experienced before. A relationship where later on in the text, we, we get to see how deep and intimate that is because Adam knows what God's footsteps sound like in the garden when he hides from him. It's just Adam and God. And not only that, but Adam is set up in paradise, right? And he's given a purpose to work the land and care for it. And God even gives him expectations of what that looks like. Wouldn't that be grand for us if we knew what God expected of us, what our purpose was, and that we had a phenomenal relationship with us? Isn't that what we want? but there was something missing. In verse 18, it says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So God put Adam in this ideal environment, has a phenomenal relationship with him, gives him purpose, gives him expectations, but says, It's not done yet. It's not good. It's not good for you to be alone. Which flies in the face of a common belief that has been permeated throughout the church for many years, that all all you need is Jesus. Just me and Jesus, that's all I need. I don't need anybody else. All I need is God. Apparently, God doesn't agree with that. Because he says, it's not good for you to be by yourself. And so he gives us one another to be in relationship with. Throughout the rest of the text, we see God reiterating this. And not just reiterating the fact that we need to be in relationship with one another, but what that looks like for us. How he would like for us to interact with one another. Micah 6.8 says this says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? This is one of those moments when you're reading scripture that you should probably pause and pay attention because we're about to get the answer that we're looking for, right? What does God want from me? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I ask you, are any of those things 
not dealing with relationship? Can I act justly and love mercy if I'm just by myself? I can, but I don't actually live that out. I have to be in relationship with you, with somebody else, in order to actually walk that out. I want to take you to Psalm 133. This is a short psalm. It's a great one to memorize. (laughs) How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is? Let's see a picture. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing. Where? where people are in unity. For it is there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. You see, relationship just isn't important. It's a vital part of who we are. I want to share another verse with you. Uh, It's this one guy's take on it. I think you probably have heard of him. His name is Jesus. He's kind of a big deal. But uh, he talks about this stuff on how we should be relating with one another a lot. And this is just one instance. John 13, 33 says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And it is by this, by this, the love that we have for one another that everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is how we put God on display. Not by winning people over with our convincing arguments about theology or life, but by loving one another. That is how we put our God on display. Paul talks about this too later on in his letters to the churches, you know, to the church of Ephesus, he talks about unity again in the church, how we're all one body, we need to be working together. To the Galatians, he writes about the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all these things that exist in relationship with one another. But here's the thing. Relationships are hard. Am I right? Relationships are hard. They're sticky and they're icky. Because it takes time. It takes availability. It takes you being present with another person. And I'm not talking like just sitting on an other side, either side of a room from each other on your phone playing Candy Crush. Like, you have to be looking each other in the eyeballs, engaged with one another, interacting with another. That is what relationship takes. You know, they say that there's only two guarantees in life, that death and taxes, but I would venture to say that there's potentially at least another, a third one. And that is that there will never be anything as fulfilling and devastating in your life as a relationship. 
You guys know what I mean. I mean, if you haven't been strung up and gutted like a fish by someone that you love the most, have you really lived? Because <laughs> the truth is, like, as you build relationships with people and you let them into your life, that comes with expectations both ways, right? Like, I expect that you're going to act this way if I let you in. And then when you don't meet those expectations, I'm offended, I'm hurt, and our relationship is strained. Those that are closest to us cut us the deepest. But it is those same people that cut us the deepest that will be the ones that when you are in your darkest, lowest, loneliest time of your life, that will come beside you. They'll sit with you in the silence. They'll mourn with you. They'll celebrate with you. They will pick you up and help spur you on. Relationships are hard. But I promise you that the risk is absolutely worth the reward. I'm talking a lot about our relationship, which kind of is a little bit confusing since we're supposed to be talking about relationship with God. But I think that is imperative for us to understand what this looks like, relating with one another to, to be good at what it means to relate with God. Because like we already talked about, this is how God designed us, is to relate with one another. It's how God wants us to put on, him on display, how we love one another. These relationships, the relationship that we have with one another and the relationship we have with God, those things are intertwined. You can't have one without the other. I mean, when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. They go hand in hand. Have any of you ever been angry with God because of something that somebody in the church did or said to you? Have you ever been, had that conversation like, God, why would you let this person who is supposed to be your child treat me like this? I can't believe you would do that. I've done that. Or have you ever like, felt abandoned by God in your relationship and so your response is to push everybody away from you and isolate yourself? These relationships are joined together. They can't be separated. So all the things that we've been talking about that exist in this relationship between us, the love, the time, the effort, the commitment, all those things exist in our relationship with God too. But there's one thing that I think is paramount above all else. One thing that I think is the foundation when it comes to our, us starting a relationship with God, and that's faith. Before I jump to what the text says about faith, I want to just spend a, a few minutes talking about a difference that we need to distinguish here. Because it's a tendency within the church for us to equate the words faith and trust. Like, they're synonymous many times in the Christian circle. 
Like, do you have faith in Jesus? Great. Do you trust in Jesus? Those two questions are the same thing, right? But faith and trust are different. Trust is something that takes time to build and earn. Trust is something that is not freely given. I don't know most of you in here, but if I came up to you, I'm like, trust me, I have your best interest in mind, and I'm going to do this. Just trust me on it. You're going to look at me and think I'm crazy. You don't know me. What have I done to give you consistent evidence that I can be trusted? I have to build that trust with you. Trust is dependent on evidence. Right? And it takes time to build. As I was talking about this with my family this week, my daughter's like, yeah, Dad, I I remember reading this quote about trust, that it takes a thousand years to build trust and only a few seconds to, to lose it. I was like, wow, that's really good. This is why faith is the foundation of our relationship with God, not trust. Trust is born out of that faith, but it has, that first step has to be a step of faith. Let's see what God says about faith in his book, Hebrews chapter 11. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I read this really great blog this week about this exact thing that I was just talking about, how we have to do a better job about separating faith and trust in in our language. But the thing that stood out most to me about this this blog was this discussion that this guy had about this verse, verse one, about faith. And he talked about how in this verse there are two elements at work. The first element is the, uh, the element of, dis- of the disposition of the person. You know, like the assurance of the person or the conviction of the person. The second element is the disposition of the element of, of I don't know, what is it? The object of that disposition. The things unseen. The things that are hoped for. And he talked about how it seems like with those two things, those two objects that you are trying to go for, that there is something missing. There's something in the way. Like, because it's not... They're not easily attainable. They're not readily grabbable. You can't just reach out and take those things whenever you want to. There's some sort of barrier separating the person who is struggling with faith and the object that they are wanting to have faith with. He describes it in this quote like this. Biblical faith is a strong disposition of belief. 
in spite of some serious barrier of difficulty regarding something of deep personal value. Isn't this what having a relationship with God is? In spite of the fact that you can't see God, that you can't interact with him one-on-one, that you still have to step out and believe that he exists, that he is who he says he is, that he actually wants to have a relationship with you. That is the first step in this relationship. And for the next several weeks, we're going to be talking more about what that relationship looks like. Uh, We're going to go to our time of communion. So if you're passing out communion, if you could head over there and start working stuff out. If you're new with us here at Real Life, we do communion every week for a couple of reasons. We believe that it is important for us to remember and celebrate what it was that Jesus had invited us to, that relationship he has invited us into. And we love to celebrate with one another. We have what we call an open table here, and all that means is if you, you don't have to be a member of real life, but all it means is that you are a member of God's family, that you have taken that first step of faith to be in relationship with him. That's all we want you to do. So as it comes by, if you want to grab one of the elements, hold on to it, and we're going to take it all together here in a minute. But as I do that, I want to just kind of whet your appetite a little bit, just a little bit, about the things to come for this series. I am really excited about what God has in store for for me personally and for all of you as we continue to talk about what this relationship with God looks like and how to have it better with him. But for the next couple of weeks, I just want to give you an overview of what's to come. And then after that, I'm going to give you our next steps. So next week, we have Alex Little is going to be up here and he's going to share with you about Where is God? How do we find God? And how do we join him where he's at? And then the week after that, Corbin's going to come up and he's going to talk more in depth about this whole relationship with God thing. What does that really look like? How do we step in line with God in relationship? There's going to be a couple of great weeks. I encourage you guys to come back for those. So next steps. Generally, at the end of a sermon, we do implications or give questions that our home groups are going to talk about that next week. But we're trying something new, and we're calling it next steps. We want to give you guys some action steps every week to try out. So step number one is this. Get into a relationship with God. I don't know where you guys are at. Everybody is different in a different place. You might be sitting there today and you have never made that initial step to get into a relationship with God. Maybe you are struggling with whatever that barrier is between your belief of who God is and walking with him. 
And maybe that today is the day that you make that step. Maybe you're sitting there today and you made that step a long time ago. But the thing that you're struggling with in your relationship with God is that you feel like you don't trust him. Like you've been waiting for God to come through in a specific way in your life and he's just not doing it. So maybe the obstacle that you have to overcome is that God doesn't do things the way you want him to all the time. You have to believe that God wants your best always. And he always comes through with his promises. Maybe that's where you are. I don't know. What do you need to do to take that next step in getting in your relationship with God? Next step, number two. Get in relationship with one another. That's what this day is all about here at Real Life. We have a connection event happening as soon as this stops. There is 40 pounds of pulled pork out there. 40 pounds. Like if you want to discount everything I said about relationship today, that's cool, just grab some pulled pork on your way by. We do not want to be eating pulled pork for the next month as a staff, seriously. <laughs> but this is your guys' opportunity to get connected with people around you in your church community. We got our Young Life is out there, Impact Ministries is out there, our home group leaders and host homes are going to be out there. People want to help you get connected so that you can start growing in your relationship with one another, but also that relationship with God, right? Because remember, those two things are connected. Whether we want to admit it or not, they are connected. So we are inviting you to come into relationship with us. Just like Jesus invites us every week to remember the relationship that we have with him. And we remember that when we take this communion. Because on that night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it. He gave thanks, said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink in remembrance of me. Father God, I am I'm very thankful for how you've created us, how you have created us to need one another and need you. Lord, I just pray that as we remember this, that you have created us to be in relationship with one another, to, to do it so that we will put you on display, that we're not doing it just to check a box, but that while we love one another the way you have called us to love one another, we are showing the world that our God is different. Our God is a relational God. Our God is a God who is present, who wants to be with us, and who wants the best for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. 
Until next time, have a great week.